Well, good morning. You know, we're going to open up in prayer, and we've got some exciting things to uh, show you uh, what's been going on this week in several of our members' lives. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Lord, we're just so thankful uh, for this opportunity to worship you, Lord, and we're grateful uh, that we get to do it uh, together as a body of Christ. And so, Father, I pray that you would just uh, move in this service. Lord, I thank you for all that you do, and uh, we're just looking forward to uh, what you're going to do today uh, during this worship time. In your name we pray, amen. Well, hello, what an exciting opportunity that we have uh, to, for one of our students to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, taking this next step in his faith today. So I'm going to ask Jacob if he will come down. This is my buddy, Jacob Arms. Jacob. Have you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, sir. Upon that profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised, raised to walk in newness of life. In Jacob's honor, the students are going to come down and they're going to light the candle. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to celebrate with Jacob this great memory to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in believer's baptism. And Lord, we pray that you would just be with him, that we, you would just continue to um, help him to learn more about you as he digs into your word, as he fellowships with other believers. And God, we thank you for the opportunity that you, we have that you've brought him uh, to crossroads and to serve. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, it's so good to see everyone today as we uh, celebrate this special occasion. Uh, for Lindsay Massey, as she comes forward to uh, take this next step in believer's baptism. And so glad to have all of you here uh, to witness this and to celebrate this time with her. So at this time, I'm going to ask Miss Lindsay if she'll come on down. Oh, wow. It's a little cold today, folks. Oh, that's a bit brisk. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's this way. All right. Lindsay, have you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Upon that profession of faith, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in His death, raised to walk in the of the Father. Amen. I'm going to ask the family if they'll come down and light your candle on her behalf. Good job. 
As the family lights the candle uh, to celebrate uh, this special occasion for Lindsay, uh, I'm going to ask if you would pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for transformation in people's lives. And Lord, we thank you for Lindsay. Lord, we thank you that you saved her. And Lord, we thank you that uh, this time that we've celebrated uh, her taking that next step in believer's baptism. Lord, I thank you for all that you do, Lord. And uh, we look forward to uh, just watching her continue to grow in her faith and uh, continue to nurture uh, her kids as well uh, with her and Bryant. Lord, thank you for all that you do. And we thank you for your grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Come on in. I know, I know. Let's hang in right here. All right, this is my sister Ellis. And on her public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the family if you want to come up and light a candle on her behalf, and we'll have a prayer together. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today, this special day. We thank you for Ellis and her new life in you, Jesus. We pray as friends and family that we would give her all the support she needs to follow in your footsteps. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand this morning? you haven't figured out by watching the video yet that the water was cold, the water was cold. <laughs> Apparently we had a circuit breaker flip off midweek, so uh, we brought a new term to the words chill out. <laughs> so I tell you what, but what a great way to start the service. Thank you for being here this morning. If you are visiting with us, we are especially glad that you're here today. And if you would, there should be a little card in the seat back in front of you. If you want to reach in and fill that out and connect with us, we'd love to know that you're here. In just a little while, they'll be coming through with some offering baskets. If you weren't able to put your your offering in the box in the back, you can do that. And uh, as the baskets come by, put your offering in or that little connect card slip. I would be so grateful for you to do that. I know we have some uh, special friends visiting with us today. Great to see you, Pastor Jim, some of your extended family here. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here with us today. And uh, we're glad that you are here. Hey, just a quick announcement. For sake of time, I want to encourage you to read through the announcement sheet today. Uh, But coming up very soon, actually uh, next Sunday is a special day for two reasons. Uh, One, we are going to have a special guest, Dr. Neelan Brown, who uh, used to be with Focus on the Family and uh, serve with the Focus on the Family Institute. He is uh, also former dean of business at Indiana Wesleyan University. He's going to be in our church. And not only Sunday is kind of just for us, Crossroad folks, but Saturday night, this Saturday night, a a community-wide 
uh, racial reconciliation service, I want to ask you, Crossroads family, to be here that night. Uh, we don't normally have things church-wide, especially on Saturday night, but if you could just give up one Saturday night, uh, he's going to share some things I think that will help us, especially with what we're seeing in our world right now, live out our faith among a very divisive culture. So I want to encourage you to be here. Our friend, uh, Pastor Dennis from Greater New Hope Church will be here with some of their folks and be participating in the service on that Saturday night. So, uh, so come out on Friday, this Friday, real quick. Uh, he'll also be doing a business lunch. Now that's not just for business leaders in the Five Forks area, but for you. If you serve in business or you work, you have a job, J-O-B, uh, then you can come here for that lunch and he's going to talk about Friday right here in this place, in this space here in the Family Life Center. He's going to be talking about how to live out your faith in the workplace. So I want to encourage you to be here for that if you can. That's Friday lunch. It's free. And then Saturday night, our community-wide service, Sunday morning, just for Crossroads folks. Okay, that's one reason next Sunday's important. The other reason, where are they? These boxes right here are due next Sunday. And I think we're up over 100 plus boxes already, so keep them coming. And uh, I want you to watch a little bit more about why we do what we do with these boxes right now. So watch this video. This one is for you from Jesus. Jesus loves you, my friend. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. I received these gloves that I really love. It's my favorite color. <laughs> yes. And I received this awesome mask that I'm going to scare my little sister and brother in the night with. <laughs> yes and this pants and I'm gonna use them in every book I have for school and these awesome <laughs> socks and yeah I just love it it's like <laughs> it brings this feeling to my heart that there's somebody out there that wants to share God's word and even though we feel lost that God is not there, that yes, God exists and he hears our prayers. <laughs> Thank you. couple of old songs this morning. Hopefully you'll join in if you know them. All right, here we go. More about Jesus would I know More of His grace to others show More of His saving fullness see More of His love died for me more more about Jesus more more about Jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me 
If y'all will come on down, um, now's our time. Uh, we'll, we'll give back. So if you'll pray with me. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for, for what you do for us, God, I especially today. Thank you for those testimonies of Lindsay and Jacob and Ellis and their baptism. And, uh, and God, I pray that we'd see many more of those at Crossroads uh, and see many more people join your kingdom. Uh, and we know part of the way that will happen is by giving back now, God. We just pray that you would take these offerings, so that you would multiply them and, and use them so this church can be a light in this community and that we can do great things for you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
What a great job. We are very fortunate that uh, Gwen Davis and her family, uh, I talked to them a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they decided as a family that they thought it would be great. Gerald Davis was a wonderful, wonderful gentleman that lived in the Greer area, uh, members of Fairview, but also uh, the connection here. Gerald had, had a love for music, and he passed away several years ago, and uh, he had this Allen organ in his home, and uh, so the family decided they would love for it to be used. And after talking with them, uh, we had it moved this week. They were uh, gracious in allowing us to use the organ as long as we need it. So we're very thankful, very thankful that the hearts that they have, it adds so much to our worship, and we're, we're very thankful for them. You know, today, God is on the throne. Is that a surprise to any of you? No. No matter what happens in your life, God is on the throne. No matter what happens in this world, God is on the throne. And one day he's going to gather his people together and take us out of this world where we'll worship together. But in the meantime, we keep our eyes focused on him and we live our lives focused on him. And no matter what, he will see us through. Huh? Can I get an amen to Let's stand together as we sing, trust and obey, and then draw me close, Lord, to you. And then in his presence, oh my gracious, in his presence, things happen and change. Let's sing out.
have your red book if you'll look up surely the presence of the Lord is in this place you know in his presence we are changed you remember reading in the scripture Isaiah you saw the, the Lord high and lifted up and he fell down on his feet he said I'm not worthy I think it was the seraphim that took a coal from the altar. In his presence, Isaiah's life was, his life was changed. When I came to know Jesus as my Savior, my life was changed. And every time that I worship, whether it's corporately here, or every time that I worship in my home or in my car, or I kind of laughed with a choir when we had choir at the time, I said, me and Sophie, my little dog Sophie, well, she's not real little, but yeah. You know, I'd sit and listen at my dining room table and I'd have the music preview packets and I'd sit there and me and Sophie would just worship the Lord. But my point is in his presence as we worship, we are changed. Every time, it may be a little, but every time I had a conversation, oh my gracious, with a dear sweet lady I love very much this morning. She lost her sister. She said she was at the grave this week just praying and said, a sense of peace just came over me. In the presence of God, he gives us peace. In the presence of God, my gracious alive, He changes who we are and makes us better for Him. I, I know we don't have the words to surely the presence of the Lord is in this place, and I tell you the truth, I don't even know if I can remember everyone, but I'm going to worship. Because God knows my heart, and He knows all of our hearts. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. All right, let's sing it together.
you pray with me this morning? Lord, we do sense your presence in this place. And I thank God for that. Otherwise, this would just be a, a room with a bunch of people gathered together for no purpose. So I thank you, Lord, that your presence is here today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would have a freedom to speak to our hearts today, to encourage us today, to give us peace today, maybe to bring conviction today, Lord. Make us like you, God, make us like you. Make us holy, make us recognizable in a world that today doesn't even recognize and doesn't even know how they would recognize those of us who claim to know Jesus. Would you make us recognizable? For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you've got your Bible, I want you to open up to the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John, or if you've got an app or iPad, you're welcome to do that. Some folks have asked, what's, what's up with the technology being used in the service? I know a lot of you have Bible apps, and uh, I, when I'm listening to somebody else preach, I'll sometimes, because of technology, I'll be searching the meaning of words even while I'm listening to a sermon. So uh, I want you to know if you've got a device, use it. That's great. Use it. Uh, don't text me, though, during the service. That would... That would, that would freak me out. We, we did that a few weeks and that was okay, but this morning, if you've got a device, please turn to 1 John chapter 1. Uh, real quick, I recognize that today has significance not only for Pastor Jim and your family. I'm a little jealous of your bride because I know for a year today she's been celebrating with the Lord Jesus and she doesn't have to endure all the chaos of our world anymore, so I'm a little jealous of her today. Um, I know for some of you, maybe you uh, recognize that today is uh, called Orphan Sunday. A lot of churches in our country are talking about orphan care and, and taking care of the least of these. And I am so grateful that we have a day set aside for Orphan Sunday. Some of us are thinking about today being post-election Sunday. And I so appreciate Joey leading us in worship. There, there are... Let me just throw this in. He didn't ask me to say this. There are music directors. And there are worship leaders. There's a big difference. Anybody can be a song leader. It takes somebody who is sensitive to the Holy Spirit and has a heart for people to lead in worship. So, brother, thank you. there's ever a time, church, where we needed to engage with Jesus, it's today. So let's not get distracted. I shared with the deacons this morning, my, my heart is heavy because I see what is happening in our world and, and it so easily can filter into the church over very small matters. And I thank God of the unity that this church has. There's not many hills that this pastor will die on, but one I will die on is the unity of brothers and sisters in Jesus. So if you want to see the claws come out in one of your pastors, it's if you see the body of Christ start to become disunified. Because the world is watching. 
We could say a lot about the election. We could say a lot about those that were running. We could put their characteristics on the screen. That's not what we're going to do today. That's not necessarily what we should do in the church. But I do think that our world is struggling to recognize what does it mean to be a Christian. Because we have all kinds of definitions. And some of those definitions are definitions that we as a church have said are the definition of a Christian. And some of those definitions that we have said are not even based on the Bible. God forgive us. I know, as hard as it may be for me personally to wrap my head around, I know that there are Christians who align with this political party, and there are Christians that align with this political party, and I'm not going to get into the minutia of all of that, except to say this, God is getting our attention, and God is speaking. And 1 John outlines for us some very clear, and I, we've had a demon in the sound system the last few weeks for some reason. Uh, 1 John outlines for us some characteristics of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And he outlines it for us very well, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. What are the characteristics? How can we know? How do we know that we're a child of God? What My objective this morning for those of us that say we know Jesus, is not to have any of us doubt our salvation. It's not for any of us to doubt if we know Jesus. But one of the exciting things that I'm really looking forward to in our church as we grow, and we are growing, we have new people coming to our church. We have 8,000 people the month of August that hit our church website. I have no idea why. It blows my mind. Why are people searching Crossroads Baptist Church by the, by the thousands? I have no idea. Other than to say, could it be that God is preparing us for a revival in our community and getting us ready? I hope and pray that we'll be ready. So my heart cry this morning is that we would all know for sure where we stand with Jesus and that we would be easily recognizable in a world that really doesn't know what it means to be Christian. If I was to go to downtown Greenville and have a microphone and pretend like I was a newscaster and ask different people, what does it mean to be Christian? I would get hundreds of different responses. Some responses I would get, well, I grew up as an American. I'm a Christian. Eh, wrong. I grew up in a Christian home, so I'm a Christian. Eh, wrong. So what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a believer? How can we be recognized? I remember in Malawi, by the way, Dave, Hunt, uh, Dave Thomas tried to give away a car last week. It's still available. Still have the key. So I don't know who that is. If not, I'm going to go out and hit the button and see if I can get the alarm to go off so I can drive away. I remember in Malawi, Africa, we're going to have a chance to go. Uh, Joey and Gretchen and some others in March. I remember my first time there, they brought out something in a bowl. It had been cooked over this fire. It was not recognizable. Uh, when you're in a culture like that, you try to be polite and you try to eat what is served because if you don't, it will, be, it will offend them. Especially when, as the pastor Mark told me after that day, he said, do you guys celebrate a big meal time in America? I said, well, every, every meal is kind of a big meal time, but we do Thanksgiving. He said, oh, yes, I know you do Thanksgiving. He said, that's a good analogy. He said, what we spent to provide you this meal 
was probably what you would spend for a big Thanksgiving feast, which was humbling and made me really feel guilty as I looked in that pot that was unrecognizable and tried to put in my mouth and digest something that they later told me was heart from some animal. And then I began to pray, oh God, help me the stomach juices and the acids just calm down and be okay. Because I did not recognize what that was. There are some characteristics in the book of 1 John that we are going to kind of hyperspeed look at. And what I would ask you and me to do this morning, church family, is to look at those and say, is that me? Is that me? As a matter of fact, if you look at 1 John chapter 5, if you want to turn to chapter 5, here's the purpose of this entire book that was written. John tells us, here's why he's writing this book in verse 13, chapter 5, verse 13. Here's what he says. He says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know, not that you might think, but that you may know you have eternal life. I have some friends of mine that I've asked before, hey, do you know Jesus? Are you a Christian? Are you going to heaven? And sometimes I'll hear, well, I hope so. I think so. Wow, that's something I don't want to really think or hope about halfway. I've heard answers from some people that say, well, I got a 50-50 shot. How's that work? How's that work? The day you die, the Lord kind of rolls the dice and says, snake eyes, you go to hell. I mean, how does that work? I don't know how you live knowing that you have a 50-50 shot at going to heaven. John tells us there's a way that we can know that we know that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are children of God, that we are Christians, that we're believers, that we are on that road to discipleship. And I want us to look very quickly this morning at six of those reasons, six of those characteristics, if you will, that help us be recognizable. Here's the first one. It's in the first chapter, starting with verse 6. Here's what he says. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here's the first way you can be recognizable. Church, if you are a believer, you can be easily recognized because you walk in the light. You walk in the light. Not in the darkness, but you walk in the light. There's some interesting things that he says about those of us who walk in the light. He mentions some of my most favorite things in those verses. He says, we fellowship with him. We fellowship with one another because we have fellowship with the Son. We fellowship with Him. And my friends, that fellowship is important. It's consistent fellowship is what's implied there. Consistent fellowship with God. That's what, it, that's what you have to do to walk in the light. Otherwise, you get out of the light and you get into darkness. It has to be consistent. So we have to have fellowship with Him. Sometimes we do slide into the darkness. Well, what do we do? Well, I'm so glad that he answers that question because he says in verse 8, if we say we have no sin, then we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you may say this morning, well, Jack, how do I walk in the light? Because there's sometimes if you took a snapshot of my life, I might not be in the light right at that particular moment. Guess what? 
I wouldn't either. There's some snapshots. If you had of my life, I'd be walking in the dark. I'm sad to say that. But all of us are that way. So what do we do? We confess our sin because he is faithful and just to cleanse us from our sin. And all all of a sudden, automatically, we're walking back in the light again. We were in the darkness, but we have been moved back to the light because of the blood of Jesus Christ that wipes us clean and cleanses us from our sin. What a powerful, powerful thing that happens for those of us that know we are believers. And I'm glad that John takes the time to outline that for us. As a matter of fact, he says it this way in, in chapter 5. He says, the witness is this. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's not my words, friends. That's the Word of God. And I understand that the Word of God is offensive, and that's okay that the Word of God is offensive. doesn't mean I have to be offensive. But by the way, in our culture in which we live, we don't have to be offensive. This can be the offense right here if we just use the Word of God. It can be delivered in a kind way. If it comes across offensive, then let the Word of God come across offensive because sometimes in our culture it might do that. But for us, the first characteristic, if you'd say this morning, Hey, Jack, I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. The first thing that would be true of you and should be true of me for us to be easily recognizable is that we are walking in the light. What about this? Number two, he says, if if you want to flip to chapter two, he says this at beginning in verse three, we know that we have come to know him. Here's how we have know for sure we've come to know him if we keep his commands. The one who says I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word In him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know we are in him. He says it again. By this, we know that we are in him. Verse 6, the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. We obey his word. We live as he did. We obey his word. Friends, I don't have to tell you this. You know this just as well as I do. We live in a world, especially right now, where we have buffet Christianity where we pick and choose which parts of this book we get to believe and which ones, oh, that's a little inconvenient. We don't want to believe that right now. That is not an option for a child of God. It's just not. You either take it all or you don't take any of it. This is not buffet style. Jesus, I'll follow you on those couple of things that you say, but on these I got my own opinion. I've, I've discovered something in my relatively young age at 51. Anytime my opinion is contrary to the word of God, guess who's wrong? Me, just in case you still were thinking on that. And God's word is clear. It has instructions for us on how to treat our maid. It has instructions for life. It has instructions for us how to, how to conduct ourselves at work. It has condu- instructions for us about how to treat our children. It, there's nothing the Bible doesn't answer if we will dig into it and find out. It says has an answer for everything. But to, to be able to keep his commands, we have to know what they are. And we have to obey his word. And I believe, personal opinion, I'm not a prophet, I don't think. But I believe in these coming weeks and months, just maybe to prepare yourself, maybe I should say this, maybe not, I've already started. 
I think we might want to prepare ourselves as believers because there may be a time in the horizon coming where you're called to disobey the Word of God and you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to obey what God's Word says or am I going to obey what culture says? And at that point, you might will discover if you're truly a child of God or not. You might say, well, Jack, you're sounding like you never make mistakes. Oh, I make mistakes all the time. I've made many already today, believe it or not, I'm sure. And that goes back to walking in the light and realizing that when I make mistakes, I have to confess my sins and put myself back in the light of God and say, Lord, forgive me. I want to obey your commands. There is a world that is watching. And I talk to a lot of these people because a lot of them are my friends, which just as an aside, if you want to try to do what my friend Dave Thomas shared with us last week about reaching out to people who don't know Jesus, the first thing you have to do is you have to know people who don't know Jesus. And as long as you and I live in a Christian bubble and we don't try to build relationships with people who don't know Jesus, then we won't know people who don't know Jesus. But when I'm talking to some of those friends, they will often tell me they're very confused by those of us who say that we're believers because we champion certain things that we think we need to hold to and the things that we are not as committed to scripturally, we downplay those. And to them, it looks like buffet Christianity. We've got to keep God's commands. The third thing, though, that he says to us that's equally important 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, here's what he says. The one who says he's in the light, okay? You say you're walking in the light. If you're walking in the light and yet you hate your brother, you're in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Verse 11, but the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. What do we got to do? We have to love one another. If you're a believer that's going to be recognizable, you have to love one another. You can't hate your brother or sister. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about demonstrating and sharing the love of Jesus. The Bible also says, I think Jesus himself said this to his disciples, the world will know you are mine by your love for one another. Church, I feel like this is a drum that I've been beating very loudly over the last few months, and maybe it's because God wants me to continue to beat it. But in the days and weeks ahead, you and I, especially if you voted for one particular candidate in one particular party, are going to have a great opportunity to demonstrate love. And I would just say that in the last few days on social media, I haven't seen a lot of love from either side of the aisle on people who say they're a child of God. You know what that tells me? Your Christianity is called into question, in my opinion. Because the Bible's pretty clear. And it doesn't say you can't have an opinion. It doesn't say you can't have your own stance on a certain issue. Sure, you can. We're, we do live in America. But let me remind you, as I've had to remind myself this week, my citizenship is, yes, in America, but I have a bigger citizenship in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God triumphs any citizenship in America every single time. As much as I love our country, I hope and pray that God has not just said to us finally, okay, 
There you go. You're on your own. I hope that hasn't happened. Maybe it has. I don't know. But can I be honest with you? I told a pastor friend of mine this week, whoever is elected and whoever will eventually be the ultimate president really has no impact on how I live my faith every day. It hasn't. Any past president hasn't affected the mission of God in my life. If you allow one person to affect the mission of God in your life, you've given that person the control that only God Almighty should have. So we've got to be really careful because the world, again, is watching. We've got to love one another. We've got an opportunity like never before to love people. Now, I'm not talking about loving the world because John goes on in this chapter, and he's very, very clear. In chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Don't love the world, nor the things in the world. So I'm not talking about agreeing with an ideology or agreeing with things that you might think are sinful. I'm just talking about loving people. Paul spent a whole chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that we use a lot at weddings when we talk about love that's true whether you're getting married or not. It's true whether you're newlywed or not. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love never fails. Love overcomes. All the things that Paul says about love should be true and fruit of us that claim to be a Christian and a child of God. We've got to love one another. Well, what else does he say? Let's flip over to the next chapter because he's on a roll here. I love this book. Gets into chapter 3 and here's what he says in verse 4. Everyone who practices sin... That word practice means consistently is living a life of sin, also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Verse 6, now one who abides in him sins. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. So what does that say to us who are children of God? We're disciples, we're recognized. Does it say that we never sin? No, that's not what he's saying. Why would he say that if just earlier in the book he said, if we sin, confess your sins, and he that is righteous will cleanse you and make you righteous. He'll cleanse you from all your sins. Why would he say that? Is he saying we never sin? No, he's talking about someone who consistently lives in a life of sin, never feels conviction, Never feels an urging by a force bigger than themselves to go back and try to live holy. Someone who consistently does that needs to take a heart exam and say, Do I really know God? We can't continue living in sin. He's talking about us living a life that is righteous. Doesn't mean from time to time we won't fall into sin, but we confess our sins to God because He's faithful to forgive us our sins and we walk back in the light again. I know so many friends, it's burdens my heart, who are in the church and they've signed a card and they're a church member, which doesn't mean you're a child of God, by the way. And as great as baptism is, and I'm so thankful that God's working in the lives of people in our church, as great as baptism is, unless your heart has been changed, you're just going swimming in a cold baptistry. <laughs> But I know several of my friends that continue to live a life of sin. Oh, I'm trying to break out of this habit. I'm trying to break. Are you? Are you? Are you? Have you just laid down and succumbed to whatever that is? I know there are addictions, and we'll talk about that in some future week here, because addictions are real. 
And therapy's great. And mental health is an issue in our culture. And psychologists and psychiatrists are all great. I recommend, I recommend that. I probably need to see one with things that have happened in my life over the years. I have some people who, who friends who play that role in my life. So all that's great and important. But folks, if we are habitually living in sin and we don't feel any prompting to change, we just need to have a quick heart check and say, Lord, do I really know you? So how can you say that, Jack? Well, I can say that because John goes on to answer that question in chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 13. Here's what he says. Chapter 4, verse 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have beheld and bear witness that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. And we have come to know and have believed the love that God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in Him and God abides in him. What is he saying? What is he saying? He's simply saying this. If you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit lives within you. At the moment you say yes to Jesus, God in the Spirit comes to dwell within you to empower you to live the life he's called you to live. I hope that in the next several months we'll maybe do a study of the Holy Spirit because we've been scared maybe a little bit in our Baptist history of being scared of the Holy Spirit because we're afraid we're going to freak out and things are like crazy. Things are going to happen in the worship service and people are going to start doing laps around the Family Life Center and jumping over chairs, woo, going nuts and all. We need a little bit of that Spirit. Actually, we need all of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, you cannot live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit in you. That's the engine that God left for us when he left and ascended to heaven. He said, no worries, I'm still here. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And what has happened in this preacher's life, and I would imagine has happened in your life from time to time, is sometimes we do two things to the Holy Spirit. And just for sake of time, I'll throw these out. We either quench the Holy Spirit, which is when Jesus tells us in our heart through his Spirit to do this or that, and we don't listen. And he tells us again, and we don't listen, and we ignore, and it's almost like a scab starts to grow on your finger across your heart symbolically, and you start to quench the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And after a while, the Holy Spirit just goes, well, they're not going to listen because their heart's so hard. And we've got to be careful because when we do that, that's when we sometimes start falling into a life that's more in the darkness than in the light. And so John is trying to get our attention and say, the Holy Spirit in us, we can quench the Holy Spirit, we can squelch the Holy Spirit, or we can set the Spirit free to do its work. And i got to confess to you, that's when it gets scary. I'm in one of those positions in this very moment. This morning I was sharing with the media team and the music team, I don't have a clue what I'm supposed to talk about this morning. It's the first Sunday in a year that's happened. i got some notes, we'll see what God's going to do. 
I pray every Sunday would be like that. Not that I'm ill-prepared. That's not what I'm saying. But that the Holy Spirit would be in charge. Otherwise, let's go home. You didn't come to hear me speak. If you did, I, need, I got some other preachers that are much better I can share with you. You can watch on video. God wants us, if we're going to be recognizable, to understand we have the Holy Spirit within us. The same Holy Spirit that helps us recognize sin, that convicts us that rebukes us, that directs us, that guides us. Why else is that important? Letting the Holy Spirit lead us the last thing and we're done. If you flip over to 1 John chapter 5. I told you we were going to hyperspeed through the book this morning. 1 John chapter 5. Actually, flip back real quick to chapter 4. I like this one too. Verse 4. If you want to be recognizable, if you're wondering, am I really a child of God? Here's something that's true of you. You are from God, little children. And you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you are a believer, one of the ways that you'll be recognizable is people will look at you and they'll recognize that you've overcome the evil one. What an opportunity that we have right now in this post-election Sunday and post-election week. If the world is watching us and we're freaking out as if the sky is falling, I don't know about you, but if I didn't know Jesus, that wouldn't be much encouragement to follow your God. I'm not saying there's not cause for concern with the way our country's headed. It's our response to it that's very important. And if the world looks at us and sees us freaking out, wow, I thought they served the one true God. I thought they served the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I thought they served Jesus Christ, God Almighty. We have overcome the evil one. Do you know that? Are you walking in the light today? Are you striving to obey his commands? Are you loving each other? Are you trying to walk away from sin? You realize you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And because of that, you've overcome the evil one. See, John tells us all these things again for one reason. And he tells us, verse 13, chapter 5, I'm telling you these. I'm telling you these things. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you might know you have eternal life. So if I was to ask you, dear friend, I was to start down every aisle this morning and walk up to you and say, Would you go to heaven if you died today, if you passed away? Would you be able to give a better answer than, Well, I got a 50 50 shot? Would you be able to give a better answer? Well, I, now I'm as good as Joey Estes, so I must be going to, I'll probably go make it because I'm as good as him. Or would you be able to say, I know that I know that I know I have a future in heaven because I have given my heart to Jesus. I am walking in the light. And though I may step out of the light for a while, I know that I can confess my sins and he will cleanse me of all my unrighteousness and I will be back in the light. And I know because I love my brother and sister and I know because I have the power of the Holy Spirit in me that tells me when I sin and tells me when I walk away and empowers me to live the Christian life. Friend, if you don't know that, you can easily know that you know this morning. And I remember when I was nine years old, I walked an aisle at a big church just about 35 miles from here. And I came down, 
And by the thousands, they came by and they pinched me on the cheek. Good job, Jackie. Good job. And the week after, if I'd have died, I'd have gone to hell. Because all I did is come down and fill out a card. And it took about five years later on the campus of Anderson University at a youth service where God said, you're a great church member, but you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit directing your life. And I could drive you over there and walk in that auditorium and take you to the very seat where the Holy Spirit of God got a hold of me. Say, Jack, are you trying to make me doubt my salvation? Nope. Actually, totally the opposite. Because I've grown to love every single person in this room. And God forbid if something was to happen and you leave this place today and something was to happen to you, I want to be able to stand up as Joey and Heath and I have had to do over the last year at a funeral and say, I know where they're at. They're not here. They're with Jesus Christ. And i got to be honest, there's some sermons, and you guys know, and there's some messages at some funerals that you do, and you're praying in your gut and in your heart, I hope, God, they're with you. I have no idea. I don't know. Because they weren't easily recognizable of being a child of God. Would you pray with me this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Church, I love you so much. Can I ask you a question this morning? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? You may be listening this morning and the Holy Spirit has convicted your heart and you're saying to yourself, well, I'm not so sure. Can I tell you this morning, you can know that you know that you know that you know you're a child of God and you'll spend eternity with Him. while you're praying, could I just ask this question? And listen, there's nothing to be ashamed about. For five, six years, I thought I was a Christian until somebody actually explained to me what that meant. Because I thought the way it was recognizable is that if my name was written on some church card. What a shame to trade the joy and the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit of God in my life with ink on a piece of paper. So this morning, I just want you to ask the Lord, God, do I know you? Am I easily recognizable? And wait for him to answer. And this morning, if you'd say, you know what, I I don't, know that I am. I don't know that I've really ever surrendered my life completely to the Lordship of Jesus. If that's you, can I just ask you to be bold enough? I want to I pray with you. If that's you this morning and you'd say, I've never done that. Never asked Jesus to take control over my life. And today I want to know that I'm recognizable as a child of God. Would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you this morning? Anybody would say, today's the day. I want to be recognizable as a child of God. 
Lord, you know our hearts. And I pray that we would take the opportunity that we have today in our culture, most especially right now during this time, that people would look at us and know who we belong to. Not because of our defiance or our strong stance on this or that, but God, they would look at the characteristics in your word and they would go, wow, they, they are, they're a child of God. They're a believer. Speak to our hearts during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you would to stand. We're going to have a song of invitation. And if you need to come forward this morning, you need to pray. If you're a little hesitant about getting close, we can, we can stay at arm's length and keep the social distancing. But, but I want to give you an opportunity to respond to what the Holy Spirit may lead you to do this morning. If you need prayer or you just want to come navigate through the space down here and find a spot at the steps to use this as an altar to pray, you can do that. Would you stand with me? Let's sing this song of invitation. If you need to respond, please do so. have a seat for just one second. I promise it'll be short. I'm going to ask Angela, she thought I forgot I did, to come up to us, uh, come up front for us. And uh, she's got a quick announcement from the stewardship family. And uh, and then we'll have our closing prayer. You thought I forgot, didn't you? Okay. Uh, I just want to make everybody aware that our budget for the upcoming year is back there on the table in the back. And you can pick one up, take a look at it. Um, we're uh, going to have a Q&A if anybody has any questions about it uh, tomorrow at 6.30 here in the Family Life Center. Um, if you're not able to make that and you have some questions, we've put each of the members on here in our phone numbers. I don't know who is in here. If you, if you want to stand up and kind of point out who you, if you speak to or, or call. Uh, we've also see so we've got Gary over here. I know uh, Joni Daniels, Janice Lyle, and uh, James Maxwell. Uh, we've got our phone numbers on there. Um, like I say, we'll be here tomorrow from 6.30 to 7.30. And uh, if you have questions outside of that time, you can give us a call. And we'll vote on the 22nd. Thank you, Angela. If, uh, if, it, if you are kind of wondering about the budget, it's kind of like the Dukes of Hazard. It's a rerun. It's a mulligan. It's a repeat of what we thought we were going to do this year because of COVID. So there's not much changes, but you can pick up one of those. And we'll vote also uh, on the 22nd. We'll kind of have a pie chart for you on the screen to kind of show you some of the impact of our giving and where it's going. And uh, one of the things that we are doing with, with uh, budget dollars is trying to impact our community. Next weekend, I mentioned this guy. I think they've got his picture. Dr. Neelan Brown will be here to share with us. And uh, there he is, handsome devil. 
uh, can't believe he's like 40, I think. He has seven children. Uh, his seventh one, I should say, is due while he's with us. So pray that his wife kind of holds out for a few extra days. Uh, that would be good. Well, she, or comes early. She would probably say, let, let it come early. Let, her, let him come early. So pray for that and pray for our, our weekend. All right. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Jim if you'd close our prayer, brother. Would you mind on this special day? Thank you so much. Lord, we thank you that we know you. I thank you, Lord, for the day that I committed my heart and soul and my life to you. And you came in the person of the Holy Spirit, took your boat in my heart and in my life. And since that day, I have tried to walk in the light. And many times I've failed, but Lord, you've always been merciful to me. And you always pull me back out of the dark into the light. And Lord, I live today in your light, and I praise you, and I thank you. And I thank you, Lord, that today that I have a sweet memory of someone who was very special to me, became a very, very important part of my life. And Lord, when I was going through such a hard time and grieving, you told me in the scriptures, I wouldn't have you to grieve as others who have no hope. And Lord, I don't grieve now like I did because I thank you, Lord, that I do have the hope. I hope the hope of joining her someday in your presence and we'll dance around your throne forever. And we'll renew all of our good times that we had in the past. And Lord, I just pray today that if there's someone here today that don't have that hope, that you'd speak to that heart. Help them to know, Lord, that they can have that. You came and you gave your life on the tree shed your blood, died and descended into the lower parts of the earth. But thank you, Lord, that you came out victorious over death and hell and the grave. And you now hold the keys for the future of our blessings. Lord, my heart is broken for the shape that our country is in, but only you can fix it, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that this might be a time that your people would see their need of what was happening in our country. You said in your word that if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and call upon my name, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land and forgive them of their sins. And that possibility exists even right now, Lord. And I pray that you would help us as your believers and your people that we'd exercise that right into you, that we come boldly to your presence and cry out for mercy because, Lord, we bring nothing to you and, and, and nothing good that we have. But I pray, Lord, that you'd call, help us to cry out to you in mercy. 
I pray, Lord, now that you would dismiss us. Thank you for the word that we heard this morning. Go with us our separate ways. Lead God and direct us as we run our race in the light. Forgive us wherein we fail. Draw us back into your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.